سلام خوش آمدید مرحبا اهلا و سهلا اناشنیکا خوانیگامیدا سلام علیکم شراغلاد اولام بینبینیدوس زدرستوچی دبرو پاجالوچی هلو ویلکم تو آر پادکست دیالای افل سی لنگو Now, I'm sure some introverts are going to deny this, but we are innately social beings. We need people. So when the scientific data tells us that during difficult times, solid, positive relationships can make all the difference in how you get through, it should come as no surprise. The military is a great example of this. There is nothing like the camaraderie of the military. It's a ready-made community. A family of people that all have the same mission and the same goal. It's not perfect because what family is, but the atmosphere that the military fosters tends to bring about that kind of relationship. We go on TDYs together, have friendly PT competitions, deploy to remote areas, go through an incredibly tough school and come out together on the other side. Some friendships are forged during tough times. And then when you look back, they are some of the best times of your life. Because inside that group, you created your own bubble of shared experiences. It's how we human beings are wired. There were two studies done by several professors at the Naval Postgraduate School where they followed naval recruits through boot camp. These studies showed how personal connection had a big impact on resiliency. They started with asking the recruits in BASIC to take a moment of reflection each day. One group was told to practice daily meditations, and another group was told to engage in positive peer discussions. In other words, one group was asked to isolate and the other to socialize. The group that socialized had longer-lasting positive results than the first group. In an article from NPS, Lieutenant Colonel Caroline Brown, one of the graduates that helped in the study, said it was a no-brainer that commiserating and venting with fellow trainees helped. She said, it's also profound because it demonstrates the pivotal impact of relationships on our mental and emotional well-being, something to which I think we can all relate. So in a nutshell, positive relationships, people you can talk to and vent to and be heard, these are foundational to building resiliency. This might be a controversial statement, and I have no hard data to back it up, but I think the Marines have the best track record of all the branches for fostering that kind of camaraderie among their troops. I recently spoke with the Master Gunnery Sergeant for the Marine Corps Detachment here at the Presidio. Master Guns Willie Pasqua let me listen in on one of the classes he gives to new Marines just in from basic. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about... Prior to class, he has reading material and a video for everyone to look at beforehand. The video is a link to a TED Talk on grit. It's super interesting. Grit is probably a good way to describe what this talk is about. Certainly, Willie wouldn't say it's a talk on resiliency. As he would describe it, it's about purpose. We use resilience so much that it gets lost. It's an everyday thing. It is an everyday thing. You learn resilience through daily PT. You learn mental resilience through daily academics and you're pushing it. And you learn it emotionally and spiritually and just your everyday interactions with people. And we had this discussion before about changing the verbiage, right? Changing the words, changing the vernacular of what resiliency means. I mean, the Marine Corps does. Like we talk about resiliency, I get it. Um, but we really 
we nest it within a thought of physical, mental, emotional fitness. Because we also incorporate a social one, but I, I tie that into spiritual and emotional because it's simpler for me to grasp. I think the real answer is if war is a conflict of human wills, then everything we do is about the human being. Right? Everything we do is about the human being. And the warrior that makes his living on the ground, who's on the battlefield, they make their living against other human beings. So the Marine and the holistic approach to fitness must exist in the same space. It must exist in the same space to be effective in combat. One of Willie's favorite sayings is everything is about everything, meaning everything is tied together. Every chance to get together with his Marines, whether that's meetings like these or meetings for PT, it's a chance to build character. What he says is at the core of what they do, selflessness, moral courage, and integrity. It's no surprise that everything in the Marines is tied to warfighting and what will make them combat ready. Part of that warfighting capability is social cohesion. Most of the people I talked to about the Marines described their leadership as decentralized, meaning leadership responsibilities for the Marines begins when they're E2s and E3s. This means they're able to get to know each other and build relationships on a much smaller scale. One of those Marines, Lance Corporal Owen Como, explained how it works. The Marine Corps is, here on post by its nature, a very decentralized detachment. Um, and you see a lot of low-level initiative. And what that has done is that really has helped us kind of adapt to the changing circumstances. Owen is a posture student, finishing up his second semester. He got here in January of 2020, but he didn't begin his classes until April of 2020 which means his entire class time at DLI has been online. Um, I got here before um, COVID kicked off, and when it did, everything changed. But right off the bat, I noticed that, um, you know, most day-to-day -day challenges are met and responded to by exclusively low-level Marines, you know, Lance Corporal's um, fellow students. So what I saw happen over the last year is there's been a lot of um, low-level initiative in terms of maintaining the standard in this new environment. There were a lot of things that disappeared overnight when the new pandemic environment set in. Things like platoon-sized, um, sometimes detachment-wide PT events, large-scale PT, that went away. Um, things like daily formations, which had helped kind of hold us accountable and maintain a standard, those all went away. And so there was a time where it would have been very easy for us to get complacent. But going back to that kind of low-level atmosphere, we kept each other accountable, um, and we have, for the most part, we have not let ourselves slack. We adapted. PT, it's no longer allowed to be large-scale, so it got revised. It became a fire team level um, daily activity, which a fire team is just like three or four Marines, um, and then the fire team leader is a student a little further along, kind of mentoring and, you know, kind of showing the ropes to the new guys which actually also kind of boosts camaraderie among those kind of tight-knit groups. That small group, of course, relates to combat. If you translate that to the combat taking a beach analogy, I would, I would be depending on a fire team leader to take care of the three to five Marines under their charge, you know, to take a flank, a flanking position while another fire team is you know, putting suppressive fire on the front line. So it informs our approach to everything.
It's key here to add, this tight-knit group has a mission and a purpose, a very dedicated purpose. That's the kind of camaraderie and cohesion that can make all the difference when times get tough. An example of this is how the COVID-19 pandemic and social distancing has affected the U.S. A report published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in September found that a quarter of the U.S. was experiencing symptoms of depression. In an article on NPR, George Everly, a psychologist at John Hopkins University, said, In virtually every wide-scale disaster I studied, there is a sense of human resilience. People come together. Interpersonal support is the best single predictor of human resilience. To Owen, the Marines, utilizing the fire team leaders and the NCOs, the Marines have nailed this pandemic. The, the decentralization, it lets us adapt more because um, a fire team leader is going to have a much more intimate knowledge of, like I said, those three or four Marines under them than would a platoon commander in charge of, in our case, 40 Marines. So the low-level leadership gives you a more um, personal um, relationship with the people um, you're under. It also allows for more effective um, organization of events, PT, for, for example. Every DLI student, current or former, has stories of either you're a Marine out on the field or you heard the Marines PTing out on the field at ODARC 30. I'm just going to be honest and say PT was not my favorite part of being in the military, so not my chosen method of cohesion. But for the Marines, that kind of PT is essential for community building, especially if the PT groups are now significantly smaller. I've been in fire teams where everybody was pretty fit, and those have been some hard workouts that would not have happened if you had to adjust for a larger group. So keeping fit like that has definitely helped um, with the resiliency because it keeps us motivated and it keeps us working hard and it keeps us bettering ourselves, which is for me the most important part of fighting complacency is just always trying to be better. Which takes us back to purpose and the classes that Willie likes to give his new Marines. These classes also include critical thinking and communication, like stopping to think instead of just reacting, something he believes builds cohesion and resiliency. And this is why we go through a critical thinking exercise when I talk to the Marines about um, building purpose, or the word I don't like to say, resilience, right? Um, and I think when you're in that moment, it's hard. And this is why it's so important to instill on our Marines, that how do you identify that and your fellow brothers and sisters, right? What's, what's the approach? Do you tell them what they're doing wrong and try to identify the answer? Or do you listen first, sympathize, let them cool down, and then help them attach new words to mad, sad, or feeling bad? And I think that's a, I think that's a pretty effective way to approach billing one. It's awesome at building some type of bond with the people that you work with and the people that like are supposed to be your brothers and sisters. But it's also a really good way to get through challenges. One last thought. In an article from the University of Berkeley, resiliency researcher Elliot Friedman had this to say. There are a lot of ways to consider what resiliency means. But there's no question that social relationships are important for health. If you stack having social relationships against other risk factors like smoking and obesity, not being socially connected is as strong a risk factor for death. 
You'll find links to the full articles I referenced in the description along with a link to the TED Talk.